Welcome back to Resolved. We all encounter difficult issues at times, life can get tough, and it may seem impossible. But no matter what, and through it all, Jesus Christ is the answer. And through Him, we can rise up and be more than conquerors. Today's message is about being a doer of God's Word. It's not enough just to hear God's Word. We need to put it into practice. Learn the steps for doing God's Word. That's coming up next on Resolved. Now, let's join Pastor Tom Porter. James, turn with me to James and chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at two verses this morning. And verses 21 and 22 of James chapter 1. James, he is the brother of Jesus. There's several James in the Bible. And he is the first pastor of the first church there in Jerusalem. And so here we have James speaking, and he's got a concern. And his concern is that he wants the church to be healthy. He wants the church to be right. And he wants the church to not only be hearers of the Word of God, but also, more importantly, to be doers of the Word of God. So with that in mind, uh, let's go to uh, James chapter 1, starting at verse 21 and 22. Wherefore, lay, a, uh, lay apart all uh, filthiness, and uh, that's filthiness of the flesh, and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the grafted word, which is able to save your souls. Be, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. Heavenly Father, I pray once again, I pray, God, that you would have every ear opened in this service this morning, that you would have every heart of every person that's in this room to be filleted open and to be examining our hearts, my heart included, God. And God, I pray that our church, as we prepare for uh, receiving a harvest, God, I pray that uh, our hearts will be right with you, that, God, that we would grow, that we would mature in the faith, and that we would be people that had, as Jesus had, compassion for other people, and that we would reach out with the gospel, the good news, to those around us, so that they too can know for a surety through the Word of God that they're going to heaven when they die, and that, Lord, that Christians would grow and mature, and, and, and we would see our church grow for the glory of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There once was a famous inventor, and he unveiled a new invention that he had. And he traveled around the country, and people came from all around and he, uh, to see this great invention. And, and he had a booklet that he sold the booklet, and he, he was selling the, the kit for the invention. And you, you would put it together, and, and, and one day as people were admiring this adventure, a reporter asked, what does it do? And the inventor replied, do? Why, it doesn't do anything, but isn't it beautiful to look at? James here is concerned that the church will be guilty of the same thing. But the church is not the parking lot. The church is not our sign. It's not the brick and the mortar. The church is you. The church is me. Church are the born again. And James here is saying, I, I don't want you to be just hearers of the Word of God. I want you to be doers of the Word of God as well. And James, he wants to warn us. 
here in God's Word that, that believers can be guilty of wearing the Word. We can be guilty of talking the Word. We can be guilty of, of, of singing about the Word, but not doing the Word. There's a difference. In the adult Sunday school division, we're studying about the parables and the parable of the two sons. The father said, son, I need you to go. He had two sons. I need you to go to the vineyard. I need you to work now. Go. And one son said, no, not going to do it. And the other son said, yes, sir. And he went away and he didn't do it. The first son said no, but he relented and repented and he came back and he did it. That's what we need to do. So how do we become doers of the word? Number one, we activate our hearts to receive the truth. Ever buy a new cell phone? Isn't that a blessing? You buy a new cell phone, and, and, but before you can use it, it's in that beautiful box. I was commenting the other day to, uh, to somebody in the office. I said, isn't it amazing how much? Look, look at this box that Apple puts out for their iPhone. I mean, that is no telling what that costs. Maybe about 75 cents. But <laughs> seriously, though, it's a, have you ever seen them? They're nice boxes. I mean, you can put jewelry in those boxes. They're so nice. But you have to activate the phone. The phone's of no use until it's activated. So how do we activate? How do we activate ourselves to be part of the church? First of all, you have to remove the impurities in your life. You have to remove those impurities in your life. James 1, 21 says that there are some things that, that we need to lay aside from our hearts and our lives. And that call to put off certain things is, a con- is constant in the Scripture. There are so many verses in the Bible that talk about uh, laying aside our sins, putting our sins aside. Hebrews 12, 1, for example, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily besets or ensnares us. You know that one sin that Satan can always get you with. You know that one sin that you, you really have trouble with. Now, listen, I'm, I'm talking to believers now. Our sins, when we accept Christ, our sins is under the blood. God forgives us of past, present, and future sins, but it's not to give us a license to sin. And I thank God for the verse that says, where grace abound, uh, where, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. Thank God for that verse. But it does not give us a license to go out and to wantingly sin. Romans 13, 12 says, let us cast off the works of darkness. When a person becomes a Christian, he or she usually undergoes a radical change in their lives and, and they start, you know, they lay aside those, those uh, especially if they had an immoral background, you know, they, they get their lives straightened out. They're living together, they quit living together. If they're, uh, whatever their, their, their sins are in a moral sense, they lay them aside. Who talks about the filthiness, that's of the flesh, the superfluity of naughtiness, that, that's the abundance of wickedness. Lay those sins aside. Many years ago when I was just a kid, I um, would go up to Missouri uh, Moody, Missouri, South Missouri, and, and, and my great-grandparents. My great-grandfather, I'm named after him. And uh, it, it's, I never thought about this, but my grandkids call me Papa. We called him Papa. And uh, I, I th- I'm, so, I'm so glad. Inheritance is good. It, you, know, you know who you're named after and all that. It's something. And I had a wonderful great-grandfather. He became totally blind. 
He had the biggest ears in all the world, man. He had those big old earlobes that just, you know, big old ears. But totally blind, he would listen to the St. Louis Cardinals. He'd listen to them every game on that little radio right by his chair. He could hardly hear. Thing be turned up so loud you could hear the you could hear the ball hit the bat outside in the yard, you know. But Papa got to where he couldn't he couldn't put in a guard. And I often wonder why do they say put in a guard? We're gonna put in a guard next week. So I helped them put in a guard, and their garden about the size of this room. They had a big garden. I learned that, you know, they had big rocks, and we had to take those rocks. Before the garden was ready, we had to take those rocks out of the garden, those big rocks. Sometimes we had to get a logging chain and a pick, and, and we had to dig out a rock. And then, and then after we did that, we thought, well, it's pretty good. Now, No, there's more rocks. Have you ever put a garden in where there's a lot of rocks? Oh, my. And then when you think you got them all out, then you start getting out there and busting up the side, and, and then you man, there's all these other rocks. They're like size of potatoes, and then you got to get those out. And then you think you got all that, then you get your yard rake out, and you start raking, and you go, oh, man, you know, your garden, garden rake and your hoe, and there's more rocks. And after you get all those rocks out, then, then you, you, you put in the garden. Now you can start planting. The, the ground is ready for the seed. The ground is ready for the harvest. First, we are told to lay aside the filthiness in our lives. And the word used here originally was used, get this, for earwax. Have you ever seen somebody with earwax all heavy in their ear? Uh, that'll ruin your meal right there, won't it? Yeah. Question, is there anything that you are participating in that might be building up your spiritual earwax where it's become harder for you to hear the voice of God? So first, lay aside all filthiness in our lives. Secondly, we must lay aside every overflow of wickedness. That's, the, as King James says, the superfluity of naughtiness. The St. John's River isn't a problem to most people until it overflows its banks and floods its houses. Then it's a problem. There are sins that tend to flow out of us and affect others around us. You see, Satan say, this sin is not affecting anybody else. So you're all right, you're good. But what if your sin became public? Would it affect everybody else? Yes, it would. And so we must remember that. The Bible says to put away. The Bible says every other evil uh, which, which touches the lives of others. It may seem that people sin without visible consequences, but what is secret will one day be made manifest. Bible says in Luke 8, 17, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Can you honestly say that there is no one that would be then affected by your secret sins if those sins should become known? To be hearers, there are some things that we have to do to activate our hearts to the truth. Not only removing the impurities in your life, but we also need to receive the implanted word. We need to receive the word of God. The word receive indicates a, a deliberate and ready reception of what is offered. Look at there, verse 21. This is a Bible study. And receive with meekness, receive the word of God. Ever watch birds, parent birds, mom and dad birds, feed their babies? 
The best thing that we love about Becky's, my wife's, mom and dad's home is the back porch. It's uh, quite narrow where it's flat, and then there's a hill, and then there's another hill. We're in Tennessee and outside of Knoxville, and it's just filled with woods out there and filled with life, birds, squirrels. And there's a pair of robins that, that fly right over our heads. We're sitting there in a chair drinking a cup of coffee in the morning, and, and they, they've gathered up. Sometimes they'll have three worms. Like one, the mother had three worms hanging out of her lips, you know. And, uh, and I wanted to get a look at the babies. And so I got up on the hill, and I, I looked kind of across when she was feeding the babies, and the, the father was feeding them as well. It's a great parent. They're both doing really good. And, uh, and I saw three little, little, little robins with their mouths wide open, the ugliest things you ever did see. But, but, but they're, they're, they were just ready to receive it. I mean, you didn't see their heads. Their head, they were probably sleeping. And then all of a sudden, Mama would fly in or Dad would fly in. They're ready, willing, just they're eager to receive the Word of God. Our hearts should be as eager for God's truth as babies is for its mother's milk. As newborn babes, the Bible tells us, desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. The reception of God's words, an attitude of the heart. What's your heart's attitude towards the Word of God? Can you just take it or leave it? Do you leave your Bible Sunday after church? Do you leave it in the car so you'll have it ready for you next Sunday? Or do you take it inside and read it during the week? We're to receive God's Word with meekness, it says there, verse 21. And how do you receive the Word of God? Take what you only like and ignore the rest? Well, a lot of people do. James sees meekness as a readiness to be taught in his Word. And one of the traits of the trusting Christian is that he faces life with, a, with quiet humility, knowing that God is in control of all things. God is, can, can, God wants to be in control of your life, even the sins in your life. He wants to help you rid of those sins, if you allow him to. One of Satan's mightiest tools is pride, however. When we have a spirit of readiness and meekness, God can implant or engraft his word into our hearts. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against God. Hiding God's word in our hearts. When we have the spirit of readiness and meekness, God can implant or engraft his word into our heart. And God wants us to have an attitude of readiness to receive with humility whatever God is seeking to graft into our lives. So not only do we have to remove the impurities, we have to receive the implanted word of God. And lastly, we have to recognize what God's intentions are for us. Well, the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3, 9 tells us that. There are three tenses of salvation in the Bible. Justification. That's believers have been saved from the penalty of sin. I've been saved from the penalty of sin. That is justification. I've been justified. And then there's the sanctification. That's believers are being saved from the power of sin. 
That is sanctification, means set aside. And then there's glorification. Believers will be saved from the presence of sin. And in this passage, James is speaking of the present tense of salvation or our sanctification. And God's word is the agent for saving us from the power of sin in our daily lives. How do we become doers of the word? We activate our heart to receive the truth. We apply the truth that we receive. And once you receive God's truth, you need to apply it. You need to refuse to be an auditor, an auditor of the Word. What do I mean by that? It means we're not to be hearers only. The Word was often used as an auditor of a class. In my Bible classes at Tennessee Temple, we had people that would audit the class. You ever audit a class? Have you ever been in a college class where somebody came in to audit the class? Usually in Bible school, what it is, who audits the class, uh, usually it's a, uh, a wife of a Bible student. The wife will come in. Usually they're, you know, I was in Bible school. I was out of college. I was like, you know, 19, 20 years of age. And, you know, we had Bible students. We had people being called to, to preach, you know, in their 50s, in their 30s, and they'd show up, you know, at Bible school. You know, you got all these 18, 19, 20-year-olds in class, and then you got, you know, the guys with the gray hair coming in, you know. And... Um, but usually it was their wives that would audit. And, and they just had to be hearers of the word. They, they didn't have to take a test. They used to get me. All you auditors don't need to come tomorrow because we're having an exam. I thought, oh, good night. I'll audit this class. Ah, but if you do, you don't get credit for the class, you see. Don't just be hearers only. There are spiritual auditors in the church. They attend, but they don't want to be involved in, the act, in an active way in the church. Jesus warned of this tendency. Turn with me to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter number 7. Chapter 7 in Matthew. Turn to it now. Turn right on back. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. I want you to see this this morning as we're wrapping this up. Matthew seven twenty-one, And it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me, and by the way, this is Jesus talking. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them that shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Hearers only are building their lives on dangerously unstable ground. In fact, James when, uh, says, when, when you do this, you are very deceiving. Look at verse number 22 there in our text in James. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. When we just say, when we just say we're just going to listen to the word of God, but we're not doing the word of God, we're deceiving ourselves. We're robbing ourselves, quite frankly. You're missing out on the blessing. Oh, but pastor, it's so hard. Oh, pastor, you just don't understand. No, God understands. You be obedient to God. 
Professing Christians who are content with only hearing the word have made a serious spiritual miscalculation. Matthew Henry puts it this way, self-deceit will be found the worst deceit at last. Self-deceit. Not only refuse to be an auditor of the word, but, but, but you need to respond as a participant to the truth. A participant. We sing the song, I'm in the Lord's army. We need to participate. God himself is a doer by nature. This book is a book of doing by nature. You can read a cookbook and it's not a book of doing. It's just got a book of, men, of menus and recipes. But it doesn't demand you to go cook. I don't know. Look at some of them, man. They look pretty good, those recipes. But they don't demand it. It's only the Bible that when you read it and you see yourself in it and you see your sins and you see that Christ is the Redeemer, you see that Christ wants to save you from your sins, you see that, that you need to lay aside those sins that so easily beset you, you see all of this. And it, 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 it commands us to do, not just to sit around, not just to be hearers only. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, Ephesians 2.10 tells us. Just as God is a doer, we are to be doers. Christianity is much more than an idea. It's a life. We're going to be studying here in the next few weeks in Sunday school, lifestyle Christianity. Lifestyle. Christians, it ought to be a lifestyle. It's not something we put on on Sunday mornings and forget the rest of the week. It ought to be our lifestyle. It's very interesting that the word for doer is the same word for poet in Acts 17.28. A poet is a person who makes words come to life. You like good poetry? He gives expressions to an idea. You know that most of Fanny Crosby's songs, she's written thousands, about 2,000 about 2, are published, if not more. Most, all of them were poems. That she had written poems. And then she would go, and sometimes they'd go to a bar somewhere. A guy could play a piano. And they'd say, well, you put this to music. And here's the poem, you know? And some old heathen guy in the bar would sit there and, and plunk out a tune to that poem. Poem is putting words into action. And God wants us to, to be his poets of the world. In the pattern of our lives, a, a, a person who receives God's word, we need to be, we need to be being poets putting God's Word, making it seem alive, not dead. As a believer, you are living a lifestyle that speaks of what God has to say. Are you letting God write His love letter to the world in your life? Can people see Christ living in you? A Baptist pastor in Oklahoma by the name of Larry Shunover tells his story, and I close with this. He writes, I have a very good friend who recently shared with me. Now listen, church. I have a very good friend who recently shared with me that on one occasion she, out of a sincere concern over sin in her life and desire to be what God wanted her to be, she prayed, God, show me the sin in my life. Show me what I really am. She said that in a couple of weeks, she began to pray. Lord, I've seen enough. Please, Lord, don't show me anymore. I cannot stand myself. As difficult as it may be, 
This is exactly what we need to do today. We are to be say we are to have a revival. If we are uh, to to be the remedy to the problem of our unholy affections, we must pray such a prayer. Psalms says it this way in Psalms one thirty nine twenty three and twenty four. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Church, God has made a way to have our sins forgiven and forgotten. Hallelujah. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Tom Porter of Temple Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida. I would like to thank you for joining me in this podcast and bringing the good news that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. There is no problem too big and no blessing too small when Jesus is the Lord of our lives. I would like to ask you a question. When you die, where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it with Jesus forever or be eternally separated from him? You know, the Bible says, whosoever calleth upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved from their sins. You know, it's God's desire for you to have faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Your sins have separated you from God. You must admit to God that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Jesus bridges that gap between you on this earth and heaven. Will you accept Jesus as your personal savior today? It's easier than you think. You can pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I realize that you paid the penalty for my sins on the cross, and I want to receive you into my life right now. Save me from my sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, then you've been born into the family of God. Thanks for listening. Resolved is a production of Temple Baptist Church, Titusville, Florida, USA. For notes on this message and others, you can find them at resolved.podbean.com. If you wish to send us a question or comment, you can email us at resolved.tbc at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at Resolved Podcast. If you're ever in our area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Take care and God bless you.